Hello, this is Claire. And this is Mike, and welcome to the Finding Philothea podcast. Today we are talking about summer routine and schedules, something our family is in dire need of, especially as we Mm -hmm. approach summer this week. I cannot believe it that we're mid-June this year has flown. But before we get into this incredible episode, I just want to talk about our episode sponsor, which is Ignatius Press. This is like my heart is pounding, dream come true, saying that Ignatius Press is sponsoring our podcast. Ignatius Press books line our bookshelves, both ours and our son Peter's. They create the most beautiful books by incredible theologians and philosophers. Ignatius Press's mission is to collaborate in the evangelizing, catechetical, liturgical, and educational work of the Catholic Church through the publication and distribution of Catholic print video, audio materials, especially books and film. And they do that so beautifully. They generously gave us a code for all the listeners FP25, capital F, capital P, 25, for 25% off your order, and that lasts until midnight, July 7th, so get your books. This is such an incredible opportunity to stock up on some of the best Catholic authors out there. It's a very generous code, and they're also running another promotion for free shipping on orders over $55. And that lasts until the end of August, so make sure you check out Ignatius Press, all their beautiful books, especially their children's line, and I will add my favorite Ignatius Press books, along with Peter's favorite books, in the show notes, along with that code FP25. Let's get right into this episode. I am struggling a bit, like I know many of you are, with routine, especially because I feel like each day is different. You don't know where to begin, especially with summer. I know when I have had routine and schedules, I thrive and I grow and our family grows and flourishes. So I was telling Mike how I'm feeling, just a little overwhelmed, and I remembered that he has the most helpful degree, especially for daily life. He's worked as a manager, he's worked in different fields, but Mike, can you explain what your degree is in? He has a doctorate in industrial engineering with a focus on operations research, and Mm -hmm. this is the coolest field. In operations research, it became more mainstream in World War II because it was trying to win a war with the minimum number of materials, minimizing the number of people's lives that were lost. And then after the war, it became even more widespread in many different industries, many different fields. And what it really boils down to is optimizing some things, finding the optimal or best way to do something in a given situation. And so I love operations research. I'm very passionate about it because I think it applies to nearly everything. I mean, you can go to any industry and I would even go as far as to say it applies to our daily lives as well. I've got a few things we can talk through about how we can apply elements and principles from operations research into our practical daily lives. 
How specifically with a schedule and routine could you use operations research? So there's a number of ways. Actually, in math, there's something called an assignment problem, and that has actually been used to uh, assign different actual nurses' schedules based on what they can do, and it's saved hundreds of thousands of dollars in many different places. I think one of the big ones it was used in was Johns Hopkins. And when we take that math and then we apply it into our daily lives for routines, we can look at just the fundamentals of defining your problem, figuring out your goals, understanding maybe your limits, and then what are the things that you can change. And that'll help us reach or at least find a path towards our solution. Okay, we are an average man or woman who wants to create a summer routine and we don't know where to begin. We have certain things that happen every day in our life, but we need more structure. Sit us down, talk us through step-by-step what we should do. Sure, I'll go through different areas or different stages for a general problem, but we'll apply this to routines and I'll try to give examples along the way. The very first thing, I like to start at the very beginning when we come to something like this. And this is what you learn when you first start to study operations research is it's defining the problem. It's setting that goal, trying to determine your objective, figuring out what's the goal that you want to achieve. And it can be concrete, like learning a new skill by a set date or finishing a semester with a 3.0 or above GPA. But it can also go a little bit more qualitative. It's less quantitative or focused on numbers and more qualitative. So how can it prove your quality of life? It's not something that can necessarily be tied into numbers. So we can think of things like, could it be learning or summer homeschool or teaching life skills to our kids or furthering our relationship with God and each other? It's those things that we want to move toward and set as our goals. And these are highly tied to a why. So it's almost like you want to have a mission statement for your family. And from there, what are the goals that we want to meet that we can draw out from that mission statement? Some examples from the business world are things called OKRs, which are objectives and key results. What's your objective? What's your goal? And then what are the key results that you want to get out of it? There's another one called goal question metrics. What's the goal that you're trying to achieve? What is the question you're trying to answer? And then how are we going to measure that? How do we know that we're achieving that goal? These can also be nested. So for a family, it's important to sit down and get an idea of what what are our family goals for the summer? And everyone's got to be on the same page. And there might be kind of these sub-level goals. Each person has their own goals that then kind of tie up and feed up into the main larger family goal. So there's so many different ways to set these goals, but the most crucial part of this stage is that you're sitting down with your spouse and your family to figure out what those goals are, and you want to do that before you even figure out a plan of how am I going to achieve it. And in math, when, when you're learning this stuff, they say you're not even going to be able to solve the problem if you don't define it properly. There's so much stress here that this is a very important stage to know what you're working towards. 
I really like that, especially everyone being on the same page and communicating because so often we assume that the other person knows or we just don't know what's going on. This brings me to a question. What, when we're sitting down, say as a family, our two roommates are talking or parents and children are talking, do you recommend for summer routine, what types of goals, bigger, smaller, do you think, Mm -hmm. what do you recommend? Mm -hmm. I think it's important to start at the high level. You know, what are what are we looking for for our whole summer? What do we want as a family? And then we can go down the other way. And there's there's many ways to go about it because I think of our own family at the beginning of the year you set a goal to read all of these books each month. And that was something that we all agreed and subscribed to as a family. And so then that allows us to say, okay, that's one goal that we fit into our overall family. Cause we know the benefits we've seen the benefits already. And it's just something that we fit into our overall family goal. So you can do it either way. You can start at the high level and kind of work down and say, okay, maybe it's, let's have a fun summer. So then what does that mean for your kids? What does that mean for you? You can do it top down, but you can also do it down to the to the top as well in a sense communication is key i feel in every aspect of our lives it really is it's necessary so we've defined our goals what's next sure so then we can move on to identifying variables what's a variable well it's really what can you vary or what are the things you can change or move the needle on I think of examples can be the hours spent on a certain task within a day or a week. And we might not be able to fully control them, but what are the things in our lives that we can expend effort or physically do or verbally say that has an impact to meet our goal? So what can we impact that helps us meet our goal? An example of this is the time that we wake up each day. This is somewhat in our control. It may take some discipline, but if my goal is to exercise every morning so that I can be healthy for myself and for my family, then this is one way to support that goal. It's something that I can do to make an impact on the bottom line of that goal. One of the goals we talked about personally was Mm -hmm. getting meals on time at the table, all sitting down together eating. What would be a variable to get that end goal? Mm -hmm. It could be how you're planning meals. It could be physical fruits, vegetables, meat that you're buying and thinking along the lines of what you're going to make and how long it takes. Those are things that we can control though, is we, we have the choice to buy those things. And also we have the choice to spend the time, maybe we only have a couple hours a week to cut things up. So it's how much time can you devote to, or do you want to devote to cutting up onions for two hours or whatever you need to do to prepare for meals for the week? Do you recommend talking about these variables too when you set goals is Mm -hmm. just discussing what the variables may be with, with the other family members? Right. The variables go hand in hand with constraints. So these are the things that we can't change or their limits on our variables. It's important to have this discussion as a family so that we truly understand are these variables or are these constraints? So a little bit more about constraints. 
These are the things that are beyond our control, such as the number of hours in a day. It may be more significant, like what our job is like. Claire was a nurse on a night shift for a long time. That limited, that was a constraint on when she could sleep and for how long she could sleep. And she had to do things differently because of that. When you talk about and ask about how do we have this conversation with our family, it's very important to think clearly about our constraints. We want to poke at our limits and truly ask, is this really beyond my control? In optimization problems, some may seem impossible to solve, but when we look at it a different way, we can arrive at the solution. You're not necessarily solving the first problem, but you still arrive at the answer. You still arrive at your goal. And so in math, this is called taking the dual of a problem. And the duality allows us to make our constraints into variables and our variables into constraints. So that kind of tells you something that there is this close tie between variables and constraints. And it's important to truly understand and be on the same page with your family of these are the things we can change. These are the things we can't change, right? And how, how we're going to go about understanding. So in our practical lives, we can't just say, our constraints can now become variables. It's not always the case. But it is helpful to have that thought experiment to see which of our boundaries and limits are truly boundaries or which are ones that were just, we might feel overwhelmed, something like that. And we still probably can make an impact or make a change. Do you have a real life example of this personally? I think there's been times, maybe when I was finishing my degree, where I was thinking, oh my gosh, if I'm going to get any work done on this PhD, I'm going to need three hours a day and it's got to be this way and that otherwise I'm not going to do it. And it's like, was that really a constraint that I needed those three hours with quiet time? Everything's just right. Probably not. But when you break it down and there's a lot you can accomplish in 10 minutes, even, even if it's setting yourself up for later that you don't have to slow down when you finally do have that time, you've already been slowly chipping away at it. It was reassessing my mentality upon a constraint that I was almost forcing onto something that wasn't even reality. I really like that. And that hits home personally, because sometimes I see things bigger than they really are. And I know maybe I have to write a blog post for a company and I know it will probably take me about 45 minutes to complete fully. I have pockets of time, 20 minutes here and there, and I just feel so overwhelmed or like, oh, I can't complete this one task. So I'm not even going to touch it, not going to even open it or look at it. So I'll just scroll my phone instead for 20 minutes. But changing that mentality of, no, I could even set up the blog post structure. I could open my notes app and and just write down some ideas for 20 minutes. Even yesterday I said, Mike, I just wrote down a list of my to-dos and I feel so much better just Mm -hmm. getting it out there really helps. And that is a mental shift that I think we all can improve on. After we identify the goals, variables, and constraints, what's next? So once we've understood what are our variables, what are the things we can have an impact on the end goal, and what are our constraints, those things that are limits or that we can't control, 
we're ready to define what is called a feasible region. It truly just comes down to what is feasible given our constraints. What can be truly achievable? And when we determine what's truly feasible, it helps us define how close we can come to our goals. We don't look at things which are infeasible, things that are just way out there. So an easy example, which is kind of laughable, is if there's more than 24 hours in a day, if that was just infinite, right? We know that's impossible. But when we start defining, we it's better to kind of close it and say, yes, there's only 24 hours in a day. But then that helps us bound, gives us a boundary of where we're going. And it actually helps shape or construct the path that we're going to take to that goal. How is that different than constraints? The constraints are what make up your feasible region. Okay. So different constraints acting together with your variables give you an idea. You can think of a rectangle where the edges are your constraints and all of the space in, be- in that rectangle is your feasible region. Okay. I like that visual. Other than the 24 hours in the day, how can we apply that feasible region to creating a schedule? Right. I think there's another one just thinking about hours right now is sleep. If you know that you have to sleep eight hours to get a good night's rest and be healthy and have energy for the next day so that you can get what you need to get done, then you know that you've got 16 hours left, right? I see. For the rest of the time. And within those 16 hours, now you can start filling out your other constraints. So that sleep constraint of eight hours gives you 16 hours left for the rest of the day. And that will interact with other things like one of your children goes to piano lessons every Wednesday. One of your children goes to soccer every Thursday, something like that, so that you can then start to get an idea. You're not stuck with this overwhelming blank page of, well, where do I begin? How do I fill this out? It gives you an idea that you're, you're paring down and you're starting to narrow in on that path towards your goal. Once all that has been identified and discussed with your family, your spouse, mm-hmm. your children, what's next? Right, so now we can begin. <laughs> <laughs> now we're ready to start reaching out for our goals and trying to find a way to get there. And in math, there's so many ways to arrive at a solution and reach our goals. And one may be easier to understand or to get moving on a plan than the other. I'm not going to talk about all of them here, but there's two that I find are readily analogous to practical family life. So one is running along your constraints or finding one constraint that you can reach the limit of. Again, I'll go with sleep. So you're thinking, what's the amount of sleep you absolutely need to maintain health in a given day. And how does your ability to reach your main goal, your family goal, change when you are maintaining equality with that limit? Maybe you like to sleep for 10 hours, but you know you can get by with eight. What can you do to get yourself to eight hours and stay at eight hours a day? And that's the limit that you're able to get to. You don't wanna go less because you know that's a detriment to your health. And maybe you just know that it's going to be, it's going to cause further issues and won't allow you to get to your goal. But maybe you can scale back on some of the sleep. Just an example. 
What about using the example, it's on my mind, food is on my mind, mm-hmm. but getting meals consistently at the same time each day, mm-hmm. healthy meals that we feel good eating and at a good time. How could we do that with running along with that constraint? I think again about the food that you're picking and the time that you're giving. Maybe you know you have to give at least two hours a week to make sure that that's a reality. So you want to do everything in your power to get to that two hours. And sometimes maybe you can go more because we're just saying it needs to be at least two hours. Maybe you're saying, okay, I'm going to stay down at two hours and it's giving what's necessary. You're maintaining equality with that constraint, but maybe going to three might take away from another constraint. I see. What's helpful in starting to understand a solution is this gives you an insight into by maintaining equality at that constraint, how much closer can you get to your goal? And then it also gives you an idea of the trade-off or interplay between the other constraints. And what are you willing to give up in one constraint to maintain equality at that other? And you can even go one by one and say, what's, what's good about this constraint versus the other if I just stay on that line? Practically, would you just plug that in, write that down? How would you do that right. personally, you, practically? You would, you would write that down, and, and it, would, it would require the discipline to do that. But even just thinking about it, when, when you're writing it down and saying, okay, I know this has to be two hours, this has to be two hours, now you're almost creating another constraint. You're actually making a cut in the feasible region, and you're saying, this is a hard one. I can't go, I don't want to go any higher or lower. So you're, you're actually imposing further uh, conditions on that specific constraint. Something that was really helpful, I read in Atomic Habits by James Clear, and that's a great book, if, especially if mm-hmm. you're focusing on writing a summer routine and creating new habits. He encourages the reader to look at their day and write down exactly what they do for a couple days and just go through Even down to, I went to the bathroom at this time, I'm looking at my phone this time, I'm scrolling for this amount of times, and it is so eye-opening because Mm -hmm. you realize how much time you actually have and what you are prioritizing each day Mm -hmm. and some space where you can really fill up with meeting those goals that you actually want to have. Right. That And that can kind of come out in and reframe it in the constraints variables discussion. What is really a constraint versus a variable? What, what can I actually have an impact on? And I do want to go back to this maintaining equality and, and say that I would find one that you feel is the focus because, as you can imagine, we can't all be at our limits of every constraint all the time. It's just impossible for any of us to do that. We'll feel overwhelmed, burnt out. So I would pick one, and that kind of goes into the next way of trying to reach a goal. When you want to pick one, you want to pick what's your priority. Mm. And so with the second way, what you do is you look at each constraint, and sometimes you just take it away. It's called relaxing, that constraint. And you're saying, pretend it doesn't exist with food prep. Let's say that you don't have any bound. Maybe you only need zero hours. What does that look like? Maybe that gives you an insight to say, okay, maybe we've got the budget this week to 
have a certain number of meals out. Maybe they're meals that are already done for you in a grocery store, or maybe it's just running to you know, your favorite restaurant quickly to get something that takes away from that two hours, right? And you see, okay, does that help me reach my goal further or not? Because maybe another goal is you're trying to minimize how much you're spending, right? There's a lot that goes into that. But when you kind of take certain ones away, after you've constructed the whole picture, it gives you further insight into the other constraints and how much closer you can get to your goal if you were to relax one of those constraints. That's really helpful. And then you would just be plugging all this in, correct? In t- into your routine? Right. You can plug those things into your routine. The The benefit that you're getting from this way of thinking is the insight of how much closer does this bring me to my goal? And then it's making a conscious decision on the time you're giving in your routine or when you do certain things. It gives you opportunities for conversation to see what you're willing to trade off and work for. Yeah, as as you're speaking, three things come to mind. What you just left off on is communication is going to be essential for this, mm-hmm. for accountability. And so everyone is on the same page. And then secondly, to write down that schedule, because even writing down, like I said earlier, those goals that helps that's another form of communication too, is Mm -hmm. writing down that schedule. So everyone sees. And then thirdly, I think I just know we need God in all this because Mm -hmm. how else will we stay inspired and motivated? And I was personally, when I was looking at our schedule and, and compiling it for the summer, I was just praying like, God, some days I just do not feel motivated. Even that discipline, which I strive for can be lacking. And that's where we need prayer. And mm-hmm. I looked at my end goal and it is that virtuous life, that sanctity. That's, that's my end goal. And so I started looking at virtuous people and their life. And, and someone who was pressed upon my heart was St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I have a devotion to her. I discerned with the missionaries of charity, her order before meeting Mike. And I loved their structure, their routine of schedule. They were so faithful to that. And they really put that primacy of prayer. They put prayer first and that strengthened them to fulfill the rest of their day, the rest of their routine. So mm-hmm. I actually looked up Mother Teresa's schedule and I'll include it in the show notes, but you can see when you look at it that there is always prayer before going out and serving. And I mm-hmm. I want to make that a priority. I want to make that a constraint right. that I need prayer and I need that to serve my family because without that, like... What is the purpose? What's the goal? And that routines and schedules, that's what it's really asking. What is your goal as a person? What are you hoping to achieve? Mm -hmm. And I think we all should have that shared goal of living that virtuous life, living that life of sanctity, helping our family members, our friends, if we're single, our, our community to reach the heights of holiness. And what will 
aid us in a day to achieve that end goal of sanctity? And what do we need to be not looking back at as we plow ahead with our plow, but continue on each day? And I like that because we've talked before about how there are certain things that you have to do each day. It's hygiene, it's eating. Let's add prayer to that. And when things like summer come around and we feel like every day is different because it is, and even when it's not summer, every day can be different, whether it's your job, whatever it is, these things impose a certain structure to our day. We need to eat to fuel our bodies. And same with prayer. Just wake up five minutes earlier, say your prayers, and start your day. And that can be a further constraint you impose upon your life or your routine. We think of constraint sometimes. It has this negative connotation when you say it. It's constraining. It's constricting almost. When you impose certain constraints, they actually help you towards your goal. Again, it's that narrowing of the path to get to where you need to go. And when you do that, you realize, okay, this is actually helping me. This is something that's freeing in a sense. We, we talk a lot about freedom within the boundaries within Catholicism. And I think this is another great example that we find in math. I remember reading A Mother's Rule to Life, and she said just that, that a rule of life, a routine should be freeing. If you feel like, no, this is not working for our family, it's okay to revise your routine. And yeah. Yeah. Again, back to the constraints. That's another of those kinds of conversations that you can have to understand what's really important. What do I need to revisit? And what's something that maybe I can take out even if it's for a short period that helps me further along so quick fire schedule tips just to review what you just said and Mm -hmm. for me mentally i like to have those bullet points sure let's go through okay you start by identifying the goals as a family this is the most important part in my opinion because you're defining where you want to go Determine what your goal is, get on the same page so that you know what you're working towards. And then secondly is determine the variable. Right. You want to see what are the things that you can do personally to impact the end bottom line, the end goal. And then identify your constraints. Right. What are the limits on things you can change or the things that are outside of your control? These constraints can be things that you impose also in order to meet your goal. We talked a lot about that already. Think of constraints as shaping your routine to make progress towards your goal. Communicate, write down that schedule, and 100% invite God into your routine. Make sure you make time for fun and rest. Mm -hmm. And something that struck my heart just recently is remember that summer, it's just not only about meeting our own personal goals, but also our children's too, and helping them identify their passions that could be lifelong passions or those hobbies, their likes and dislikes. It's Mm -hmm. really a time to form their hearts and minds and try new things that the constraints of the rest of the year might not allow, but it's a beautiful time to really help develop their minds, hearts, 
And then another thing is to change your routine if you need to. Right. You want to make sure that if this isn't working for you, revisit, go back to your goal, and then see which of these constraints are too taxing. Or maybe this goal is unrealistic at this time of our life. So it's it's always good to reevaluate what can we do, what can we implement to make this better, get closer to our goal. As we close, we wanted to say thank you to Ignatius Press again for sponsoring this episode. That code again is FP25, capital F, capital P, 25. And that code is good until midnight on July 7th. Thank you for listening, and we wish you luck as you create your own summer routines. We encourage you to reach out if you have any questions. We'll help in any way we're able. God bless you. God bless your families. God bless your summer. Enjoy. Enjoy.